Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of the book of Ephesians, specifically chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Living in unity cannot happen until we start with an understanding of who we are in Christ and a commitment to accurately apply the truth that God has revealed to us. So let's study the six traits God expects of you in light of who you are in Christ. Please follow along with Pastor Jim in today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Worthy Walk of Oneness, Part 2. Well, the Worthy Walk of Oneness is also a walk of doctrine. Now, all the other five verbs, five words that I put in my outline were in the text. This one isn't here, but trust me, doctrine is. What are we saying? Look at the whole sentence again. Notice where we are to aim focus our diligence. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, why did I say doctrine? Well, there's a little subtlety here. If you translated it exactly, literally into English, it would sound silly. But before the word peace in the Greek is the definite article, the peace. Be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of the peace. Now, that only makes sense if there's a specific peace that you're talking about. And there is in the context. See chapters 1, 2, and 3, especially chapter 2. Christ is our peace, who has made the two into one new man in Christ. So the worthy walk of oneness is is based upon, rooted in the doctrine of, well, we have peace with God through Christ. We have peace with one another because we are all at peace with God, and therefore we belong together in Christ. So back up then. That makes the word preserve make more sense, doesn't it? It's also translated keep it or, or maintain it. Keep it going. Ma- maintain this standard. It means to guard something by exercising watchful care of it, to, to protect something that is precious. Um, it, it means guarding something which is already in your possession. This passage does not tell us to create unity because we can't. God did in Christ. We are responsible to maintain it, preserve it. Now, what does he mean by unity? Well, unity is derived from the Greek word for the number one. It's a noun form that describes the quality of oneness. Um, Another wrinkle of it is the concept of unanimity. That means people uh, working together for common goals. 
Every analogy you can think of of teamwork is, is legitimate here. Humility. Understanding what's my role on this team. If I'm the place kicker, don't put me on the defensive line. It's not going to go well for any of us. We do what we need to do. We, we, we practice um, gentleness. We, we, we build up our teammates. We, we, we put up with one another. You drop that pass, okay, catch it next time. Let's go. We, we, all of that fits into the idea that we support each other and we encourage each other. It does not mean, to have unity, does not mean that we are all identical or that everyone has the same skill or the same style or the same preferences. But it means that we are united by a common belief, a common life-changing set of truths of what God has done for us in Christ. One comment on this word says, we believe just as though we were all one person or we believe in one and the same way. Unanimity, unity, oneness doesn't mean sameness. As a matter of fact, it wouldn't have any meaning if it wasn't based on diversity. We wouldn't need unity if we were all identical. We need unity, which is comprised of all of our diversity woven together under the sovereignty of God by the power of His Spirit. He's placed every single member of this body exactly where we belong so that together we can work as the most effective unit possible. So it's the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It's the unity that the Spirit of God creates And ours is to maintain it. The bond is that which ties something together. We're going to see a lot more about that word. Just put a mental check mark by that word. We're going to see that word again in uh, chapter 4 as we move a little bit further on. So, this is the worthy walk of oneness. Humility, gentleness, patience, Tolerance, diligence, and doctrine all woven together. We can't create unity. Oh, but we sure can mess it up, can't we? Ours is to preserve it. Ours is to live in such a way that what God has done shows through us. So think about what that implies. Anytime there is a lack of unanimity a lack of oneness, a lack of unity in a group of Christians, one or both of two problems have to exist. One problem is someone lacks understanding of what God has to say on the subject. Somebody is failing to understand the basis of our peace, the basis of our unity, which is spelled out for us in the Word of God, especially right here in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. Or the other problem is, even if they understand it, someone is refusing to allow the, to allow the Holy Spirit to be in control. They just won't bring their life and their practices and set it side by side, that list of the fruit of the Spirit, and say, how am I doing today? If we will allow the Spirit to be in control of our lives 
by weighing our decisions against what we know the Spirit is and wants, then we will be practicing that unity. You know, it's not all that complicated. That's really the beginning and the end of the matter. It's summarized there in Ephesians 4, 1 to 3, and now in God's grace, He's going to elaborate on it a lot more in the remainder of chapter 4 and chapter 5 and chapter 6. No matter how much we try to complicate it, if Christians can't agree on something, it's either a problem of information or obstinance. If it's information, teach each other. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. If it's obstinacy, if somebody's just choosing to be a jerk, Greek word, um, say, you know, my friend, you're being a jerk. Cut that out. You might find a better way to word it. When you're my size, you don't try to use too many pejoratives with big people. But look, understand, this is about what God has done for us in Christ. This isn't some pie-in-the-sky goal that we preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. This is the standard. This is what God expects of us. And if we're feeling estranged within the body of Christ, well, there's either a problem of information or there's a problem of obstinance. And let's take care of it. Now, that sets us up for the next few verses. There is a theology of unity that's coming next to us. I think that gives us about a week to practice some of these things that we've learned now, not to mention, well, the next however many years we have until we are with the Lord. My friends, it is a worthy walk of oneness. I have been around a lot of Christians for a long time. I've never been around a group that seems more committed to this than this group is. So let's make sure we keep at that. And let's make sure that, that we live in relationship to one another in such a way that somebody can say, aha, that's how that's supposed to work. Oh, that will be to the glory of God. And let's pray. Our Father, thank you for your wonderful goodness to us in Christ. Thank you for the, this unity, this oneness that you have created. One body, one God and Father who is over all and through all and, and in all. It is your work, Father. It is your church. It is for your glory. Teach us to be the components of that body that make it all the better for those around us. And Father, where we tend to withdraw, rebuke us, Father. Convict us where we need to be convicted. Where we tend to become haughty and easily offended, convict us where we need to be convicted. Oh, and Father, certainly if there are any broken relationships in our midst, teach us to take the initiative to be the ones that, that, that mend them for your glory. Thank you for what you are doing in your church. Thank you for what you will do in your church. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.